Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I have none other than CJ Superpack from the Player One Podcast and SecondPlayer.net, which I will get into later at the end of the episode, joining me this week to talk about the latest Sea of News video that we got and what to expect with the third year anniversary. That's right. We are getting some third year anniversary cosmetics. We're getting some interesting news that came out in regards to what the next event is. We are getting another event. All that and more on this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. As always, this episode is brought to you in part by all of the Patreons over at the Keelhauled Podcast Discord uh, Patreon. If you guys love supporting the podcast, it means a lot to me. It really helps out. And I want to thank, again, all the people that subscribe to the Patreon. So let's go down the list. It keeps getting longer and longer. I'm going to have to figure something out here in the future because I don't know if I'll uh, I'll be able to take up all the time to be able to list everyone in the future. This is crazy. Uh, let's start off with uh, Mina Ferry, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack CJ, Davram TV, El Jefe, Esteban, Frank P, Greg, Kazia, The Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, Matthew W, Regis Stella, Rust Belt Kid, T, and Professor Todd Meister, Windsor Chris, as well as Big Bad Pad and Zach V. Thank you all so much for your support. It means the world to me. It does help out. If you head over to the Gold Hoarder channel in the Discord server, if you are the captain or higher, uh, there is now some some things that I'm working on, some things that I'm going to be doing to try and spice up some of that channel. Uh, and one of those includes a watch along. Uh, I'm going to be doing a private watch along of a pirate movie uh, that shall remain nameless for legal reasons. And we're going to see if we can set up a day during the weekend uh, during April, I think, that works for people where we can all hang out in our special little chat and watch a movie together and just kind of joke and play fun at uh, us being pirates and them being pirates and how we're not in the movie and they're in the movie. But we're going to have some fun with that if it all works out. Uh, That's kind of the goal for right now. Otherwise, they get to join in the special channel and have access to chatting with me and each other, uh, setting up special things that they do, poking fun at each other as they usually do. But I'm really happy to see how well that is going. It has been really helpful for me in the podcast. You have no idea. Uh, So thank you all so much for that. But let's get into the actual episode. This week, I actually had a super pack join me. He and I sat down at first and you'll kind of hear it as soon as we get into it. There's just so much news. Uh, I really, really wanted to talk to him because he's been covering games news forever. I wanted to get his thoughts on the recent uh, purchase with Bethesda and ZeniMax for Xbox. It means a lot to Xbox fans in that ecosystem. And I just needed to get it off my chest. So we, we chatted a little bit about that before jumping into the news. And then we talk about second player net after that. So let's get into it. What did you think yeah. of, uh, before, before we jump into the sea of these news, I just, I figured that now is a, a interesting time to get to chat with you about the whole Bethesda sale thing. Cause I don't think I've gotten a chance to really mm. talk to you about that. So I was just kind of wondering, like, how did you feel about the the recent kind of roundtable and stuff that they had where they actually sat down and checked in with all the studios and all the studios uh, talked about Robert and his passing and how they really kind of were allowed to do whatever they want because of him and what this means for yeah. Xbox. It was really, at least from my viewpoint, it was really interesting insight to uh, see just 
how all of these studios kind of come together under a banner and build what they want and how they feel a lot more free not having to worry about like what's their next income revenue stream going to be to take care of all these artists and developers mm. yeah i i didn't watch the round table but i mean i think i think it's a great purchase for microsoft like i think having bethesda's games under the microsoft umbrella is really a huge get for them and you know luckily i'm the kind of person that's sort of platform agnostic when it comes to consoles i mean i have a ps5 i have a xbox series x so it really doesn't matter what platform those games appear on or whether it's pc and, and whatnot and i think uh I think it's great. I mean, for sure, the way that Microsoft has been running those studios, the studios that they've already purchased as sort of independent creators and having, you know, each studio determine which way they want to run things. You know, it seems like even Rare is sort of masters of their own destiny. It's not like they're going to Major Nelson and having him read off the Sea of Thieves news. Yeah every month right like they're sort of under their own banner and i hope uh that continues with the other studios i think it will and i think um you know bethesda will fit right in with that you know they have their own sort of events they have quick con they have you know a lot of events for their own games like i think that type of thing will continue and it'll just sort of work in the way that microsoft has arranged their studio setups yeah yeah i think one of the things that I love about this purchase is how freeing it has been for other studios, other studios knowing that their game's going to be on Game Pass and knowing that it's going yeah. to, you're no longer are these studio, do these studios feel like they have to make a game and then market the hell out of it so that people will try to justify whether or not they will actually buy it and because of that, it's like they they don't have to think about that anymore. They don't have to worry about, you know, how bad are reviews or how are people going to look at it and, or are people going to wait for reviews? It's like it doesn't it doesn't matter. The barrier to entry is just Game Pass. And thankfully, it does matter a little bit, but a lot less. Right. I mean, it still has to be a finished product. True. It has to be something that people want to play. <laughs> and I, I feel like it still has to represent Game Pass. But as Microsoft has sort of found out uh, via Halo Master Chief Collection and Sea of Thieves and State of Decay and uh, all that stuff, those those properties and those games can exist and be very successful outside of Game Pass as well. And Game Pass is sort of, you know, uh, it gets people in the door, but then the word of mouth just spreads and gets people who aren't into Game Pass to also check out those games. Yeah. I'm really curious with just how this plays out. I'm I'm I feel very confident that what is currently being done with Microsoft games will persist and extend to the Bethesda companies. I feel like yeah. anything that is a really really big hit, really first party kind of territory for Microsoft will be on that that Game Pass on that uh PC on that console platform and then eventually it'll make its way to steam and i feel like they've done a really yep. good job of trying to offer offer opportunities where they where they know they can earn uh people like giving people 
access to it on Steam really kind of helped build that trust with the games, uh, let alone like, you know, hey, you don't have to buy into our ecosystem. We're putting it on Steam. If you don't like it, you have the really nice return policy. We just want you to have access to the games kind of thing. And I, I absolutely yeah. love that. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case so that if people on other consoles who don't don't necessarily want to buy into the Microsoft console systems um, may still have opportunities with like Steam or the PC or even just, you know, through a browser. Eventually, this stuff's going to be all through a browser and exactly. you don't have to even have like a really good a really good PC to play the games. You can just play it all via Game Pass on streaming. And that's that's such a cool concept right there. So I, I feel bad yeah. for people that were kind of upset that, you know, they're going to be losing access to some of the games that, that Bethesda and the companies under Zenimax make in the future. But I'm I'm kind of with you right there. Like I I have my PS4. I'll I'll eventually get a, a PS5 when I, I justify that. I still have my Switch and play it every day at work. And I've got my PC and my Xbox. So it's a bummer for the folks that don't have access to those, but I, I don't know that I don't know that it's going to be as hard compared to like a Nintendo to get access to these games with them under the umbrella of Xbox at this point. Like I feel like of all the companies yeah. that do have exclusive, I think Microsoft tends to be the one that tries to be just about anywhere and everywhere with those exclusives, even though they're technically exclusives. Yeah. And just the fact that they're allowing franchises and games that exist already on other platforms to, to, you know, persist there as well. Yeah. It's not like they're removing anything or like taking away death loop or ghostwire Tokyo, which are exclusives for PS five. Like, those are going to go through anyway. So anybody who's gotten hyped about that stuff is going to, is going to be fine. Yeah. So, and the, the, the thing that I've, I've really kind of thought about too, is it seems like with the way that Microsoft has kind of built up their system, at least with the series X and S the, the backwards compatibility is, is insane. There's so many games that are on Xbox backwards compatibility that in three or four years, when the cost of these uh, Zenimax Studio games go down in price and the consoles become much more readily available, it could be very easy to pick up a Series S or even an Xbox One in some yep. cases and still have access to a lot of the content that is going to be coming out in the next few years. So I think it's it's one of those things like if I was looking at it and I had to think like, OK, well, if I want to get all the best games from the PS4 you know, library, I just do what I did and wait for a really good Black Friday sale and pick up a, a <laughs> PS4 Slim with the, or whatever it was with the Spider-Man edition. And boom, I've, I've got that. I can go pick up all of the exclusives for like 10, 15 bucks used or new, depending on where I'm getting them. And, you know, now I've got an amazing catalog of games all just sitting there waiting for me to, to, you know, kind of chew through and when there's lulls in in game content yeah yeah and the amount of games that are in game pass is just going to increase over the next couple of years anyway so all those first party games that started with sea of thieves is uh it's just gonna get better and better so you know it's it's still like the best value in gaming to have a game pass ultimate subscription yeah
it's insane to think of how crazy it is that it all started with Sea of Thieves. And to think that now, yeah. as we're looking at March 20th, just around a corner, a week away from the time we're actually recording it, we're coming up to the third year anniversary of this game. And it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to believe. Like, we've we've been there through it yeah. all. <laughs> you and I have actually been through all of it. And it's insane to, to think of just how this game has completely changed. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad that they're celebrating it. I'm glad that it feels... I don't know about you. Maybe this is just me. But I feel like Rare has gone out of their way for this anniversary. It may not be like the biggest event that they're bringing to the game or the biggest update per se, but... They literally have a little bit of everything everywhere to try and showcase that Sea of Thieves is still the most popular it's ever been since launch and to to help celebrate that. Um, I wanted to dive into, you know, aside from the fact that uh, all this content is still coming for free and you can still gain access to it from Xbox Game Pass like we were talking about. I wanted to touch base with you because I haven't. I haven't felt like I've gotten a good bead on where you're at with season one uh, in general. How, how are you liking season one? Season one, I think it's been fantastic, honestly. Like I think uh, the cadence they've got going of new events and new cosmetics and Twitch drops, it does feel like there's something to do in the game every single week. And while I'm not the player that likes fishing at all, um, I still feel like there's, you know, the game has a heartbeat. There's still things to do in the game all the way throughout season one, even though I've already finished the hundred levels of renown, it, uh, hasn't stopped me from playing the game. Yeah, I totally a hundred percent agree with you. I think that the lack of, and, and this was something that I'd, I'd been thinking a lot about in the last year between like big, big, you know, planned updates that drop and there's a lot of hype and lead up to it versus the uh, overtime cadence, which always felt like it was kind of at the heels, like nipping at the heels of the developers. Like every time they did an update, I was like, man, this feels like they just barely pulled this together. And it's just <laughs> it, like they're loading, they're loading it just as they're finishing like the last touches on it. And sometimes, you know, needed, needed maybe another week or two, but they had to get it pushed out. And I was just thinking about how we, how I prefer to have like the big updates. I like when they have their time to work on it, but to be perfectly honest, the the kind of updates that we've gotten with this first season have been interesting enough to where it's kept me invested each week, but nothing where I feel like I, I am getting blown away. Like nothing's amazing like out of the water like this is the coolest thing ever but also at the same time i don't feel like i am bored in sea of thieves every time i jump on i'm always like okay let's go do some silly stuff and then let's work a little (laughs) bit on the event and each session i'll kind of play around with different things here and there and still have time with it um yeah i'm not the you also you think about the little things that the game has introduced, even from the merchant mission, you know, how all of the different routes that you're checking are pretty different. Like I had one today going from Daggertooth to Marauder's Arch that I hadn't seen yet. <laughs> uh, that was pretty fun. And then one of the maps like circled an area on um, one of the islands and it's like, 
you know, that, that sort of thing, a map with an area circled could easily be used for other things as well. Uh, very similar to, you know, how even the fishing mission that we got in this, in this latest event, you know, has a similar sort of mechanic. It's like, uh, are they, did they build that just for this or are they planning other things that could incorporate these types of like maps where it's not X marks the spot, but sort of circled a region on a particular Island. I'm really curious about that because you're, you're hundred percent right. It's a new voyage type and it's used kind of in, in tandem with some of the new stuff that they're bringing out, but there's so many possibilities with that, that type of functionality that I think would be really fun to kind of play around with. Um, I know yeah. one of the things a lot of folks have wanted in the game is a way to summon a Megalodon, summon a Kraken, be able to see those epic battles. And with the world events increasing in number and seemingly like not, not going anywhere, you, you kind of wonder how the heck are you supposed to really kind of do some of these commendations if you just have really bad RNG with these world events, <laughs> you know, not, not right. everyone has time to do those. So I would, I, I would love the idea. And it kind of harkens back to year one uh, with, with a conversation with Mike Chapman, where he talked about having this world event be something that is so large in scale that everyone sees it and everyone is, is either drawn to it or uses it as a way to, to help out or to uh, hinder the, the people that are dealing with it. And I, I kind of love the idea of there being this, this legendary, this pirate legend hunter's call a voyage that allows you to perform a ritual out in the middle of the sea to summon a megalodon or summon a kraken and it's uh separate it's taken away from the world events and something that can be just done whenever you know can you imagine uh sailing out there and getting uh getting picked on by a, a reaper's bones and you've got a lot of treasure you don't want to lose it but you know you you've got a 50 50 chance of throwing down this hunter's this pirate legend hunter's call voyage and summoning the the kraken and saying like all right well you know if you want this you're gonna have to fight me and karen for it and see who who survives yeah. you know and it's it's like you know are can you handle the kraken and the other ship or are you going to use the kraken as a way to get out like <laughs> it, it would be interesting if you just dropped anchor and tried to summon this kraken while these guys are on your tail uh now are you talking about something like a world event like four to the damned but in terms of summoning a kraken or meg like a more involved fight that's going to take a little while and people are going to see you doing and perhaps sail over. I, I, that kind of thing. Yes. Cause there are areas of the map, like in the, in the Northwest Southwest area of the map, where if you'll recall, like when they, when the cursed cruise yeah. first came out, like they utilized those areas, which are quite large yeah. actually yeah. <laughs> to sail in. And there's currently nothing happening there. I, I that would, that, could be pretty interesting yeah it's a lot of We're not even talking about a map expansion at this point we're talking about <laughs> you know existing areas of the map that are just large enough to have like some kind of larger world event happening in them yeah definitely yeah i i honestly i like kind of the idea of both i love the idea of being able to summon like the smaller megs but then being able to pick up like a, a big voyage or expensive voyage and and really kind of performing a ritual to go out and try and get uh like one of the yeah. big ones you know a really hard kraken to fight you know one that's worth stocking up and planning for and and you know chumming the chumming right. the waters per se to to get that kind of a fight out there um or what about something like, uh, you know, a lot of streamers use the Shroudbreaker 
uh, voyage to be able to go into um, the the north corner of the map where uh, I'm forgetting Tribute Peak. What Tribute Peak is yeah. uh, and not not get followed. You know, what if there was something you could similarly attach to the ship that would allow you when interacted with to like call a megalodon or call the kraken oh yeah <laughs> and like introduce that into the mix as something that somebody could summon manually that's crazy that would be crazy well there was a in pirates of the caribbean the second film when davy jones is running around uh chasing after the black pearl and jack sparrow and stuff one of the tools that they had on that ship was them kind of raising this anchor like system up and then once it hit a certain height it would drop down and send this pulse out through the water and that was their way of kind of summoning the kraken and i was like well (laughs) that would be cool Interesting. Like I would, I would yeah, love to yeah. be able to like have an anchor that acted as an anchor, but also if you rotated it the other way, raise the, raise the capstan even higher. And then once you hit a certain point, it would drop and send out this pulse. It would be, it'd be weird to see like how that mechanic would work out. But, uh, I would, I would love to have a way to like have a, an, an interaction, like something that would be really hard to do alone. But if you had help, you could actually do it. And, and some of this really yeah. amazing fight. Hmm. I think all really good ideas for the future, but that is what we'll have to see what comes with season or with the third <laughs> year. Uh, yes, we're still in the first season and we're, we're now, we finally know what the last event will be. I I'd wondered if there was going to be a last event uh, before the, the third anniversary. I wondered how they were going to approach the third anniversary. We got a really nice see if these news update this week and uh, came via John internal air, uh, just kind of breaking down a lot of the things. Uh, one of the things I had mentioned earlier was kind of how rare has their hands in just about everything. Um, just looking at all the different ways that they're they're bringing content to us um how do you feel as far as their marketing approach because we've got the pirate emporium we've got the actual event we've got twitch drops we've got uh clothing we've got comics we've got game pass offers there's so much going on like do, do you think that they're just kind of using a shotgun approach to try and get awareness out for the game and is it working And new T-shirts too. Don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, the new, sh- new shirts. It looks great, by the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're timing these well. I think where the Twitch drops and new cosmetics will hopefully encourage people to come back to the game if they've taken a, a break from, uh, you know, if depending on which week somebody has last played. Maybe they'll be encouraged to stop by in the sort of third event of season one. Like, I think, I think it's great. I think the fact that there are so many things to interact with in Sea of Thieves, whether you want to buy things from the Pirate Emporium or whether you watch a lot of Sea of Thieves on Twitch uh, and get cosmetics that way or free emotes, you know, they're doing that as well, like having limited time free emotes, which is great or merch or like any way you want to interact with the game, they've got something for you. And that's fantastic. And it's, it's been a long road to that point. You think about like three years ago and the game launched, like we were talking about 
weekly events or like events every month, like had been a few months away at that point. Yeah. And those things were introduced, you know, kind of slowly uh, for in terms of like a live service game. But over the course of the three years, Sea of Thieves has really become a live service game without like you don't have to interact with microtransactions if you don't want to. A lot of the stuff is uh, is still free and a lot of the really cool stuff as well, like the Dark Adventure clothing set that's uh, in, in this Sea of Thieves news video. Yeah. Is, yeah, I'm sure it'll be very expensive. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but I want it. I want it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So uh, I kind of broke this down based on, uh, or, or the notes, if people are wondering what I'm talking about. Uh, I broke down the, our notes based on the news update and when things are starting and when things are edding, ending. So to start off, everything kind of kicks off on the 18th, which is this, this week, um, which I'm, I'm glad that they put this news video out because it really kind of helps when I'm trying to figure out like, when are we going to get more information about stuff? This is, I I prefer this a lot to finding out afterwards on Tuesday and then having everyone Mm -hmm. not hear about it. But so March 18th is when it kicks off. Uh, The 20th is technically the, the actual anniversary, but the anniversary falls on a Saturday. So kind of, it kind of kills that. So Thursday is when we're getting the, the update and that's when we're going to be getting in a whole bunch of stuff. So if you are jumping in the 18th kicks off with, uh, the login reward and you get the prosperous captain's sales, which if you, if you got a chance to watch a video, you already know, it looks like they took the aesthetic of a standard captain's chest, not like a shipwrecked or a national one, but just a regular one with that black and gold and that Ruby gem and applied that theme to sales. So those are free for anyone that logs in, uh, starting on the 18th. Also, they've got the Pirate Emporium update and they've got the Sea of Sands ship set as well as the Sea of Sands weapons and costumes along with a new gold hoarder cursed pets, the the dog and the birds, and some weapon emotes and a free rolling on the floor laughing emote, which I think is funny considering they the, the rolling on the deck quick text uh, pirate text is what is actually in the game. I'm surprised they didn't go with rolling on the deck uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. But uh, CJ, I wanted to get some thoughts from you on the Sea of Sands uh, ship set and the weapons and the costumes. Uh, I think they're amazing. I love that we got the uh, Chinese pirate aesthetic in for the Lunar Festival. We don't really have anything tying uh, to any kind of holiday as far as I know for the Sea of Sands. But what did you think of these when you when you saw them? I think they look great, especially the cannons have like a really nice glow on them. Um, And I think also the, the costumes and weapons look fantastic so i think this will be a good addition yeah overall i like that i'm I'm a sucker i'll buy anything (laughs) in the pirate emporium don't tell rare (laughs) well thankfully they don't they don't listen to my podcast so it's okay no one no one's hearing this um yeah, yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I think that they they did a really great job of building off of that kind of Disney-like uh, fun to to that kind of uh, Arabic 
theme. They've got a lot of lamps. They've got a lot of uh, kind of mystic smoke or bluish smoke coming out of a lot of the different things. A lot of them, it, it definitely feels like there's a lot of like gin magic built into uh, to, to the cosmetics that they have. And, and actually, I, the costumes themselves... I was always kind of wondering like what the point of costumes were, like how, how were costumes going to work in the long run? We've seen a lot of them come through and I have to say the, the cosmetic costumes that they're doing where it's your whole crew has options. I really love this Mm -hmm. approach because it, it kind of builds that, that sense of like, Hey, you know, not, not everyone's going to buy the pirate emporium stuff, but if one person does, then everyone in that crew gets to have fun with those costumes and gets to feel like they're, they're yeah. a part of the the crew. And you can really, really kind of play around with that whole role-playing aspect of what kind of pirates do you want to be? Do you want to be the, the, the Chinese pirates for during the Lern- lunar festival, or do you want to be the, the Arabian style, uh, pirates out on the seas, uh, with, with, uh, with your lamps and stuff. It's, I, I just, I really like that, that they're deciding to go this route and kind of building a whole set around a theme and then releasing it all at once. Yeah, I like that too. And I think also, just the crew outfits are great for when you have a new player on your crew and they can change into something that's not just the standard sailor outfit. It's a fantastic option. Yeah. So you brought up the dark adventure costumes, uh, for the pirate legends. This has been a set that's been releasing uh, little by little as the first season has gone on. I gotta say, these are the coolest costumes that i've seen come through as far as what is typical of like the standard pirates uh, or sea of thieves look like they're they're not really themed for anything they're very much just like what what sea of thieves pirates would look like <laughs> but man they just look so awesome they they really nailed it they with do. the style um I, I know that they did this on intentionally to try and use as a gold sink. Cause I don't know anyone that doesn't want to pick up these, these costume pieces. Um, how yeah. are you doing with that? How is your gold? My gold, I'm at uh, 5.2 million. So I'm trying to recover from, uh, the last dark adventure drop. Uh, which I, I bought some of the weapons, I think, uh, or maybe it was just the sales. They were kind of the big thing. So I bought a, I bought a few pieces Mm -hmm. of, of the set, but now I want the jacket and I want the boots and I want (laughs) like, there's so many other things now. And it's like, uh, some of the top end items are again, over 8 million gold. Yeah. So I've got some sailing to do. And I, I mean, I think it's great that they introduced uh, a gold sink. The game sorely needed it. Uh, I am wondering what the next sort of set like this is going to be. Are we going to have a light adventure set as well? It's like on the good side of this. That would be really cool. I, I'd be interested to I'd see. Yeah, that. I'd be interested to see what they did with the antithesis of of a dark adventure set because it it feels pirate legend but it i i always just kind of assumed that pirate legend was that light side but i i would be interested to see what they did with the light side right now it feels like the insider set is probably kind of the most uh angelic looking style that's probably right 
I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I don't wear any of the ghost costume and I don't wear the pirate legend purple outfit. How dare you? Uh, just cause I, <laughs> I when, uh, if, if we get sunk, I don't want somebody to like rub that in my face and, they're sinking a pirate legend. I just, I don't feel. Are they still doing I don't that? Feel right about it. Is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that was a thing know, in year two. <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, I sunk. We, <laughs> myself and uh, Space Admiral Ors sunk a brigantine the other day. That was uh, at least two of the people on board had the pirate legend curse equipped, mm-hmm. and they went down fast. Like it was not. <laughs> A terribly uh, difficult sink. So, uh, yeah, maybe people aren't, maybe Pirate Legend doesn't mean what it used to mean. I don't know. I always think that Pirate Legend was the most important during the first year when things were really, Mm. really hard to actually get to Pirate Legend. And especially to Athena 10, uh, when the means of earning Athena reputation were far harder to achieve. So I, I always tried to equate like the nostalgia that I have for being a pirate legend to that first year. After that, I have always felt that pirate legend was kind of a personal achievement, something that you, you worked on for yourself and it wasn't really a bragging, right? It was just kind of like a, I finally hit that mile marker. I'm glad I I've been working so hard for this. Now I can cap out the rest of the reputations. Yeah. Well, you know, now I think it's you see somebody with a dark adventure sales and you're like, uh, sale, depending on how many pieces they have equipped, it's like, oh, maybe I should be concerned about how difficult this crew is going to be uh, against uh, ours. Right. I mean, if they have that many million gold, they're probably pretty good players. Yeah. Yeah, they either have a ton of time uh, or or they were really good at sinking or earning gold. There's definitely a science to yeah. to it and uh it's it's kind of cool when I when you do see someone that's kind of like got some most of the the actual livery set. I think the livery set is really amazing, especially that yeah. figurehead. Uh just absolutely just it it's amazing. It's so hot. Uh I hope they do more stuff like the first crew figurehead as well. Just like funny sort of ridiculous pieces mm-hmm. uh, of a ship set. I mean, it's not a complete ship set for the first crew thing, but I, I really like that figurehead and hope they continue doing more of that. Rare has a really good way of honoring their history. They even not even just their history, but even other games the cosmetics that they come out with for other games as tie-ins and just the the way that they try to bring in their own franchises still is so awesome. I I really absolutely love all the different ways that they kind of try to remind people just like, Hey, you know, this was the thing that was in your past and here's a fun way to show off what you love about our history. And you're right. The first crew is one of those, one of those things that when, you know, three years ago, when we were looking up videos and they were showing off what they had built out in Unity, you're just like, wow, this is, this is rough. <laughs> this is pretty rough. <laughs> and the fact that they were able to kind of build that in a way that pays homage to that without it looking like spot on with what they actually did have yeah. uh, was, was really a, a really inspired idea 
actually really love that. And I can't, I really can't wait for a Pip Boy uh, figurehead and livery set. That'll be oh good. Oh my God, that's true. I hadn't even considered that. But now that Bethesda is in that <laughs> mix, I know quite a few fans of Bethesda games at Rare. We should totally have uh, some some fun inspired costumes that are just That'll really goofy tie-ins to those games. I would love... Like a vault, a vault dweller costume. Oh, oh yeah, man, that would be funny. Be great, that would be so <laughs> funny. It just, it would be so out of place too. It would be, but you know, I, I think we're past that at this point. I think. Oh, totally. You know, when when the Ruby Monarch costume <laughs> came in, that. that was the end of it. That was done. We were like, all right, we're fortnighting <laughs> it up. Bring it on. Whatever you want to go with. That's we're, exactly. that door is open. <laughs> You want uh, Ripley and the alien xenomorph? No problem. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Predator skin? Yes, please. We'll do it. I like it. That's. It's funny. I'll hate it in some cases because I'll be like, ah, purity of Sea of Thieves. How do I feel about this in my pirate game? And then the other part of me is just going to be like, it's so goofy. I have to appreciate the fact that they had the balls to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what's coming with the Pirate Emporium. Um, let's dive into some of the stuff that's coming into the game or well, not coming into the game, but stuff that's coming outside of the game. Uh, we got a chance to see a tease of some of the stuff that's coming to the rare games dot store store front page. I don't know how you say that. That's without making it sound weird. Rare has their own store online. It's the raregames.store website. That's the actual URL. So if you just head over to raregames.store, you'll be able to see all this anniversary clothing. Uh, they've had a uh, they've had some fun stuff um, recently that's been for Conkers, uh, t- Conquer Bad for they, their, their 20th anniversary uh, for that game. And just looking at some of the kind of anniversary stuff that's coming out for sea of thieves i think the shirt that i'm going for the most and and we saw four of them and i'm really hoping that the four that are coming are available in in different sizes but as well as different styles too um i'm i'm fine with the the men's tees that we saw but i'm hoping that they'll have women's tees and v-necks and larger sizes for uh anyone that wants to pick these up but the one on the far, far right that is just the pure red shirt and it has the Xbox Nexus logo uh, with it. And it kind of looks like a setting sun or a rising sun, depending on how you want to look at it, um, with a sloop silhouetted against it on the waters is probably one of my favorite icons that I've seen for Sea of Thieves mm-hmm. since the Reaper's Mark. In fact, I'm, I'm I'm willing to bet that the person that did the Reaper's Mark is actually the one that designed this because it's so good. Um, yeah, it looks great. How did you feel? That's the one that caught my eye as well. Yeah, it's so unique. Like uh, the Reaper's Mark one, I mean, we've had Reaper's Mark shirts for a long time, so that doesn't really feel like particularly third anniversary-ish. I don't know if there's anything on the back of these that that says third anniversary or anything like that yeah i'm curious to know like how far it actually goes because i don't i don't think they're going to be too much as far as what type of actual like dialogue or anything they're going to have on there usually usually they just have like sea of these on the back uh and and it's nothing too exceptional but yeah the the xbox logo the xbox nexus button uh whatever you want to call it is is so such an interesting touch 
to use as the sun or the 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 moon whatever you want to uh, make it in your in your head however you want to say it uh to have that as kind of the back piece to this one little sloop that's out on the seas uh i just <laughs> i i really love it i think it was such an interesting choice so i'm probably going to be picking this up mm-hmm. um and and trying to see if i can get one or two of those just to kind of have in my in my daily kind of weekly routine i usually wear a lot of sea of thieves t-shirts to work so i'm pretty sure my my coworkers are really confused as to why i have so many sea of thieves <laughs> t-shirts that i wear on a regular basis especially considering i have a tattoo with half of my t-shirts logos on my arm uh which i'm sure <laughs> pairs it pairs beautifully with my sea of thieves backpack but i'm pretty sure that my coworkers think i'm absolutely nuts Possibly, but I'm right there with you. And I'm sure a lot of listeners of this podcast are uh, <laughs> with you as well on that. And I mean, I think this, the shirt that you pointed out looks great. And uh, the anniversary clothing banner that was shown on the video here also shows like a green Xbox Nexus logo with the sloop. It's sort of the same thing with a darker version mm-hmm. of it. I hope that's an option as well, because that'd be cool. But I like the red yeah. one. Yeah, I'm kind of in favor of the red one. The 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 color scheme for this anniversary is is very interesting. I think it was the first year that we got the gold foil Reaper's Mark against the black uh, for the anniversary edition. I can't remember what last year's was, if yep. there was one last year. But I feel like there was, and I feel like I'm blanking out on it. I'm sure someone in, in will, will kind of hit me up and let me know if they remember uh, but yeah, I absolutely love this. The other thing that we're getting too, and CJ, I don't want to call you out here, but I know you're not the, the hugest, uh, for the lore for the game, but true. I, I'm, I am, I love the lore. I love the comics that have been made. The, uh, original comics that, that actually came out with, uh, Lissetti and DeMarco and how they kind of got together to get their, their way to the Sea of Thieves to kind of found the sea dog reputation and the arena. And then I love the uh, Origins trilogy of comics that kind of built out some of the story about how the first Gold Hoarder, Order of Souls, and Merchant Alliance members made it to the Sea of Thieves and kind of established the the trade companies that we have now. On March 18th, we're actually going to be able to pick up uh, the first comic in the next series of comics for the origins uh this one's going to be called the champions of souls uh it's going to be free over on comicsology.com on the 18th and the just based on what they showed for the video as i dropped the little thing that i was playing around with i am really happy to see that pendragon is being shown off as kind of the first person to kind of talk about this uh i actually read the dialogue that they showed on the video just a couple pages that they offered Mm -hmm. and it's it's immediately clear that uh pendragon was working solo and had freed the soul of a pirate who then bequeathed the black witch to him uh so i'm assuming that that was senior arthur pendragon but i'm not 100 percent certain on that that's kind of why i want to find out a little bit more about this lore but you find out that this is actually how he finds his way to the sea of thieves is in this comic and like you'd mentioned with the actual t-shirts there was a little banner that popped up kind of letting us know when that was actually going to take place and the image on the banner is actually of one of the flame or, or fire lords or flame lords ashen, ashen lords. lords i don't know why yeah. i'm saying flame lord 
I was thinking World of Warcraft. Uh, but the Ashen Lord is on there in comic book form. So the all the lore that I was complaining about last year that I felt was lacking because we didn't have anything that really kind of fleshed out why we were doing some of the stuff that we were doing outside of it just being loosely connected to Flameheart. I'm starting to wonder if a reason why we didn't have that spelled out in the game is because they had these origin comics in the works and may just not have been ready at the time. They may not have been able to release you know, Pendragon's uh, Origins comic until now when we actually got to do the Champions of Souls event. And I'm kind of hoping that this kind of answers a lot of questions that I've been having about how things started, how things got implemented, like what's been going on in the background. Um, as someone that's helped make games in the past, do you like when they have uh, kind of this content outside of the game to help build the world? Oh, yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm not a lore person, but I know that a lot of people love that stuff. And I mean, it was one of the things that the game was criticized for at the beginning, that there was no story to the game. And the way that they've been able to develop all that sort of outside of the game in other mediums like the novel, like the comics, uh, has been great, even though I'm probably not going to read it. It's great. For, it's uh, great that it exists for the people that want it. Of course. The nice thing is, is that you you play with me from time to time, and and I live on, breathe on this stuff. So if you ever did have questions, you you could probably drop in on me at any point, and I would have that information for you. But it's it, I, I just I'm happy that we're getting these. Uh, I was always wondering like how comics were going to be pushed if we were going to get more i kind of wish we were getting more of these like physically because I, I loved being able to try and collect all the original set for these but i'm i'm kind of okay with them just being digitally um outside yeah. of comics and clothing uh one of the things that we did learn is that the xbox game pass gamers are going to be rewarded for playing in the game on the 18th as well. Uh, if you jump into the game on the 18th and you are a Game Pass subscriber, uh, you can earn the Jump for Joy emote. Um, I don't know if this is one that was originally offered in the Emporium or not. I feel like it was. Am I crazy? I don't remember. Okay. Honestly, there's so many very similar sorts of emotes. Yeah. That I'm not sure. That's kind of where I was I was landing as well. Like as I was thinking about it, I was trying to think like, is this something that has been shown? Because I feel like this is something I don't we already have. this one though. So it, it'll be it'll be nice to find out. Mm -hmm. Um I, I I swear we had this one though, for some reason. But if you're a Game Pass subscriber, don't even have to worry about it. It's already coming to you free. Game Pass. If it's not, then it, it. I think it's something that's still available for other people to pick up in the Emporium. Um, the other thing that I wanted to touch on uh, was actually having to do with the Twitch drops. Um, those are starting on the 19th. So everything that we we've already talked about, that's all coming on Thursday. Uh, Friday is actually going to be when the last 
set of season one Twitch drops begins. And the reason I say season one is because of what John had said. So this kind of falls in line with what I was talking about earlier, where Rare is kind of putting out a little bit of everything everywhere. And if John in the in the actual video say said that these were season one Twitch drops, I'm assuming that that was a specific statement that he wouldn't say season one unless it meant that there's going to be a season two set of Twitch drops. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of curious because the Gilded Phoenix stuff that we're getting feels very much like the leftover bits from the creator cruise initiative that they had started in year two that never panned out. And I'm, I'm curious, how do you feel about that as far as them kind of releasing it to, uh, to, to folks that are watching the, the actual creator cruise compared to, um, the people that were actually working on being in the creator crew and getting those cosmetics, uh, purely for the, for them. I think what people are missing out on is the Gilded Phoenix sales, which were part of the creator crew program as well. I wonder if there's a ship set that we don't know about uh, <laughs> additionally, but I, it feels like from the Sea of Thieves news footage that they're sort of pairing the Gilded Phoenix with the merchants because they have uh, pirates that are in the merchant costume yeah. sort of modeling these which is interesting just because it sort of matches the color scheme of the merchant's stuff, but it doesn't feel like it necessarily matches, but maybe that's where, what they're trying to go for here. Yeah. It's, it is really interesting. And, and you're, you're right to bring up the merchants because the gilded Phoenix is intended from what I've always assumed was the, the creator crew stuff, but it feels like they're, they're yeah. trying to lean it a little more towards the, the merchants in this case, which I'm, I'm totally fine with. It doesn't, doesn't really bother me. There's a, a whole insiders set of cosmetics that are uh, based on the black dog and mercenary cosmetics that are just a recolor based on the insider stuff. So, you mm -hmm. know, if we, if, if if we were going to get something that was uh, kind of more for the from the creator crew stuff, I hope that what does happen is the next set of Twitch drops that we get for season two. I hope that those try to kind of do what they were hoping with the creator crew, which is is try and incentivize streamers uh, or people watching yeah. streamers to earn those cosmetics to engage with the community and earn the the gilded phoenix cosmetics as a result of engaging with the streamers in the community um and kind of you know give everything that was going to be planned for the creator cruise program to the actual viewers so that they feel like there's a reason to log in uh but that starts on the 19th While explosively stripping the evil pirate LeChuck of his demonic mojo, Guybrush Thrupwood inadvertently infects the entire Caribbean with the arch fiend's expelled voodoo, which threatens to transform buccaneers into unruly pirate monsters. Pursued by a notorious cutthroat pirate hunter and a creepy French physician who believes that Guybrush's eerily infected hands hold the secret of eternal life, Thrupwood sails the seven seas in search of Les Sponges 
grande, a legendary sea sponge with unparalleled voodoo exfoliating abilities. But little does Guybrush know, his quest is part of a larger, more sinister plot, and good and evil are not always as they seem. Who can Guybrush trust? Where can he turn? Everything you think you know will be challenged as Tales of Monkey Island builds to an unexpected finale for $6 over on Green Man Gaming. And if you use the affiliate link, you'll help support the podcast. So give some consideration to maybe helping Guybrush uh, figure out how he's going to save the Caribbean from turning buccaneers into unruly pirate monsters as a result of the evil pirate Lichuk. That's Green Man Gaming using the affiliate code for $6 for this Telltale series. On the 20th is the actual anniversary. And I'm, I'm curious how you feel about this. I was kind of hoping that they were going to do a Golden Glory weekend for the third anniversary. I hope they, I mean, yeah, I would hope that as well. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort. Of, I mean, they did that uh, when season one debuted, and the Twitch drops first started. Didn't they do a Golden Glory weekend that? Yeah, week? I'm pretty sure. I know it's been it's been fairly recent that we've had one, and it, it did it did yeah. well. I mean, it was a, an amazing weekend to go sailing. Uh, yeah. So I, I was kind of surprised when. When I found out that they, that they, and you know, they may still, it's not like it's, you know, it's not Friday. We, we don't know until it actually comes by, but, uh, I'm hoping that the 20th, they'll kind of drop a, a quick surprise. Like, Hey, by the way, to celebrate the third anniversary, <laughs> we're going to have a, uh, you know, a sale on the Emporium plus, uh, you know, some, some, uh, golden glory weekend too. So you can get that dark adventure set a little bit easier. Um, That'd be fantastic. I would uh, cash in some doubloons for that. Although, I don't know if you share the same worry. I'm worried that they're going to come up with a doubloon sink next. And so I don't know if I should cash in my 17,000 doubloons for gold if they're going to like put something out, like cosmetic set that would be a doubloon sink. I do hold that fear, but... In the same way that I was pretty liberal with my doubloons when they first kind of came out, I always felt like I will continue playing this game and there was always ways to earn more doubloons. So while I may not be able to earn things <laughs> right away, at least I have that carrot on a stick to keep me going uh, if they do happen to put in a really cool cosmetic set that's tied directly to doubloons. But I'm I'm assuming it's an inevitability. They've They've taking care of the gold sink issue uh, fairly adequately at this point. I feel like a lot of folks have a lot of cosmetics to work towards now. If they want that dark adventurer set, I think they just need to keep those kind of sets coming out to give players a way to look forward to the next thing. Or if maybe the dark set just isn't in their flavor, that something else comes out that hopefully will kind of draw them to, to drop that gold. As such, I, I think yeah. that the, the doubloons are right there. Uh, they're they're next on the chopping block, I think. Okay, so I'll spend seven thousand of my seventeen thousand <laughs> to get gold to buy Dark Adventurer. 
I, I mean, that's kind of the, that's the, the bargain that you're making, right? Like you have to decide, <laughs> am I going to get the dark adventure stuff now? Or am I going to get it later and work on the gold? Or do I, do I use the doubloons and hope that nothing spectacularly amazing comes as a doubloon sink? And I'm just, you, you're having to, to wager that up in, in your mind and think like, well, what could they possibly come yeah. out that is cooler than the dark adventurer set that I would need to have doubloons for? I don't know. I don't know. I could think of a lot of things. I mean, a, a year ago, I didn't think they'd do anything as cool as Dark Adventures set. That's true. So that's that's a good yeah. point. They mm-hmm. probably have something that they're cooking up right now. I don't know. I, the The nice thing about the game is, is that <laughs> there's always ways to earn more doubloons uh, out there. That is true. So it's it's not a it's it's not an end all quantity or, or a, a, a what is it? When is it like? It's not a um, it's not like a, a oh, I can't think of what it's supposed to call a finite. It's not a finite commodity. Uh, we can we can always right. get more. Um, on the twenty first, kind of working down the the line uh the 21st is the first time something is actually going to end so if you start on the 18th uh and you're on game pass you'll have the ability to claim that jump for joy emote the 21st is when that goes away so that uh, the first thing to, to kind of leave this update uh as far as like availability is going to be that jump for joy game pass reward so make sure you log in before the 21st to claim that uh on the 23rd is when the actual twitch drops ends so again starts on the 19th goes every day all you have to do is watch a partnered cfe streamer for 20 minutes starting at 2 a.m pacific time 5 a.m eastern uh 10 a.m uh british standard time although i don't know how that plays into us because we're having daylight savings so i don't know if we're going to be on i think we're going to be seven hours or yeah i think we're going to be seven hours Mm -hmm. difference now for a while until they switch over i don't know i don't do time zones look look for your respective uh <laughs> page to, to to make sure that you're staying in touch on when those drops go just make sure somewhere during the middle of the day probably hop on twitch watch someone for about 20 minutes and uh, make sure you get those those switch drops if you want that gilded phoenix set uh and the hornpipe dance emote which i think is actually hilarious i actually think that that's the uh <laughs> the saint patty's day emote oh well, do you think they'll bring back that uh, tankard? Totally. Why wouldn't they? I know they should. They should. It's a, That's a great. Tankard. It is. A, it is a really good tankard. I love that tankard. I would love <laughs> to see a whole set built out in that, and then oh, I have because yeah. uh, you used to be a huge proponent of the the green and uh, a kind of yellowish drunkards kind of set. Um, oh gosh, what was the name of that yeah. that cosmetic set? But you used to wear that bilge rat cosmetics on your shit all the time Um, before I think you switched over to the gold hoarder one from the Ruby splash tail event. But I think that even left because I think you switched it out for the uh, conquer uh, royal squirrel figurehead for a while. <laughs> well, now it's now the, it's the first the crew, first adventurers, yeah. the first crew. It's almost like I've been playing with <laughs> yeah. you for three years. Isn't that weird? I know. Isn't that that's nuts? <laughs> so strange. I would know all of your ship layouts <laughs> for the last three years. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Mark. <laughs> Got a. Uh, so when we sail again, uh, we'll have the spinal figurehead uh, in your honor, oh, sir. That would be 
I, I appreciate that. I love that figurehead. Oh, it's so good. Um, okay, so we're on the 23rd of March. Uh, Twitch drops ends. Moving on to the 25th. This is when the prosperous sales, the, so if you remember like an hour ago when we were talking about it, the prosperous sales, <laughs> which is the captain's chest uh, themed login reward for just playing during the anniversary event, uh, that ends on the 25th. So 18th to the 25th, login at least once to claim that captain, that prosperous captain's sales. Uh, no theme on that, which is is interesting that they aren't doing like a full ship set. Um I would actually like to see what that looked like. What a full, full prosperous captain. Great. Can you imagine the ship livery that looks like a captain's chest? Yeah. I think it'd be amazing. You pair that with the gold, the gold hoarder figurehead from the fishing Ooh. event. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were pretty darn good. That's a good set. I like, <laughs> I like that idea. I, I I'm down for that. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see what the whole thing looks like. Uh, a lot of sales, not enough yeah. liveries. Uh, let's get some more ship, ship yeah. holes in, in the, in the game rare. Um, the 25th is also the beginning of the vault Raiders event. This is the third event for season one. Uh, this will mark off the last third of our actual, uh, season one. Because I think this week is technically four weeks from the end of season one. So I'm looking forward to the Vault Raiders event. I think it does the thing that capitalizes so well on what this whole last year has been, which if you think back, you know, we had uh, three new voyages introduced for the Gold Hoarders, the Order of Souls, and the Merchant Alliance. We had the Merchant Voyage with the, uh, the, the tracking down the shipments. We had the Order of Souls with the uh, Champions of Souls event where we had to go out and actually hunt down skeleton captains uh, for a while, which is really easy to do when paired with the voyage that they put out and kind of tied into gray morrow and uh him coming up against uh sailors as well as flameheart and then we had the vault event or the vault voyage which was really awesome that the gold hoarders would send you out to go kind of clean out their vaults and bring the gold back to them because they were afraid of who would who's going to be trying to get that gold uh and break into those vaults so we don't know a whole lot about the vault raider event other than the rewards for it are gold hoarder weapons, which are very much themed much in the way that all the other gold hoarder cosmetics uh, equipment and stuff have been. Um, they all have kind of that that brown and gold aesthetic with the uh, green gems. So if you look at like the sword, it's got a really, really built up uh, hilt with uh, kind of the part that actually holds the blade in is actually looks like the gold hoarder key. Um on the weapons, the the guns, the actual, uh, I don't even know what you call it, the hammer, I guess, uh, on them is actually like the gold hoarder key. Uh, and it looks like the, mm -hmm. the pistol actually looks like it's got a little bit of a nubbin at the end there for an iron sight. So these could be good alternatives to folks like myself who've been uh, using the Evan Flintlock forever uh, because we need to have that iron sight. Yeah, I like the look of this stuff. I hope that it is a sort of iron sight on that pistol. That'd be fantastic. And uh, I love doing gold hoarder vaults. That's one of my favorite voyages to do in Sea of Thieves. And if uh, this event means that more people are going to be doing them at the same time, that means more possibility to plunder their loot. And that is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. As someone who loves gold hoarders and reaper's bones, 
I, this is a this is an event that I, I could really sink my teeth into. I, I love the idea of ships being on islands for a long period of time with a whole bunch of treasure yeah. stacking up, just waiting to get picked off. <laughs> and I also love that kind of fear of being like, all right, well, you know, we're, we're going to do this gold voyage. We got this gold key. We're going to be there for a little bit. So we better have a rowboat and we better park close and keep your head on a swivel because we're going to have a lot of treasure boys. That's right. I'm going to be looking at Crescent Isle, Mermaid's Hideaway, Kraken's Fall, some Devil's Ridge, just uh, just waiting, rubbing my hands together, waiting for ships to park in that spot right by the vault. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun that can that can be had. And so many times, you know, you, you're sailing up to them and they're busy in the vault. They're just running. It's so easy to tell, like, who's where and why they're there when you, especially on yeah. Crescent Isle, man. I don't know what it is about that island, but you could see just about any any ship on the other side of it. And you see that ship on the other side and you're like, that ship hasn't moved for like five minutes. I think it's time to go pay them a visit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so. it's very similar with all the other islands that uh have vaults as well mm-hmm. uh you can tell right by that positioning yeah. hey maybe we better go check this yeah. out <laughs> yeah i love it I, I love i love that i love the the crafty pirates uh who who take the vault they'll park the ship somewhere else and then they'll use like a rowboat and they'll just take the rowboat over mm-hmm. there and then they'll stack everything up and you're like you, you don't even know about it. It's that's how good they are. I love those guys too. Uh, I, I would love to hear some yeah. folks who get away doing a couple of vaults and just saving up the keys and then just using a rowboat to stack everything and see, I would love to see some photos of some vault stacked rowboats. Uh, that that's great kind of fun there. So as we kind of round things off and we're, we're closing up this episode, um, we did find out that the, Vault Raiders event actually begins on the 25th, but it ends on April 15th. Is it safe to assume at this point that season two will kick off on April 15th? I kind of hope so, but I'd be okay if they took a week or two off and started it at the beginning of May instead. Hmm. So this, although man, I, I mean, at the top of the episode, we were talking about how season one has been so good with like, more more things to do every single week there's something to do felt like whether you log in just to get renown or whether it's to do one of these events like i i feel like they could they could take a slight break if they needed it but uh i mean if they want to get also if they want to start season two right away i'm fine with that too yeah that's that's what i'm hoping um with every with every game that i've played that has seasons uh it always feels like season season current season ends and the next season kicks right up and you're right back into it. And you don't really, you don't have a moment to sit there and be like, Oh, I wonder if I should go play ghost of Tsushima. Cause I bought that game at $60 and it's been $30 for a while now. So I'm really not getting a whole lot of value out of that. And I still haven't booted up Mad Max that I bought for five bucks, but I I'd love that they could do that. And I'm really hoping that they will capitalize on just kicking you right back into that season two. Um, do you think that season two will act the same way that season one did, or do you think that they'll implement any feedback that they may have taken from folks during season one and apply that to season two or maybe hold off for season three? I want to hope that they've been watching how everything 
has been received by the community and maybe they're making changes uh, in season two. Um, but I wouldn't really expect that until something like season three, you know, game development takes a long time and clearly they have like a lot of cosmetics that were introduced within season one yeah. and to have them do that again in season two, plus maybe even more like just crazy to think about. So, it really is. <laughs> whatever, whatever they want to do with season two, like I'm fine. I'm fine with a duplicate of season one uh, with you know, new cosmetic, the same amount of new cosmetics and new events and things. I'd be happy with that. One thing I think, to be honest, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, if I had to put a wish and just like, you know, like point out, see a star, make a wish. I wish that at every 10 levels, uh, post 100, you got 10 ancient coin and doesn't seem like a lot doesn't seem like it's it's really worth it but i think for the folks that are dedicated the folks that have been working on it i think that there would be a really nice kind of thank you uh in in mm-hmm. that they could just give you like 10 10 ancient coin every 10 levels uh post 100 so that way it felt like there was still some incentive to continue playing through that i don't know yeah. i don't know if that would get abused mm. it, it feels like it probably could get abused but I would love to probably would. even if they did something where the 10 levels post 100 uh, are the equivalent of like 25 levels or like 20 levels of one to 100, whereas, you know, double the amount of experience that's required to, to earn those levels. Um, just having that that additional kind of thing at the end of the, the 100 just to kind of give players an incentive to continue working on. Yeah. It. Yeah, I think that would be good. Or, you know, if not ancient coins, uh, the gold or doubloon bonuses that we got within the one to 100, like if those would sort of continue. Yeah. Um, I'd be okay with that. Um, the, one of the other games that I play, Dauntless, um, offers once you're done with the that season's pass, you can gain a new type of currency that can be used to purchase items from previous events and they change it up uh during the season so that could be another interesting way obviously they'd have to have like a year's worth of events yeah uh, to offer but i thought that was an interesting way of doing it although i think some people are touchy with previous event cosmetics being offered in sea of thieves so maybe not but certainly gold doubloons would be a nice bonus yeah i know that they they had mentioned at one point, and I don't know if they'll they'll proceed down this path, but I know that they had talked about wanting to take the cosmetics that are available in the current pass and offer them as gold and pirate emporium rewards uh, for the next season. Having something at the end of the the one hundred, even if it is like gold or doubloons, I think is an, an easy ask. It's an easy win to give players a, another incentive. You know, if they earn an extra you know, 5,000 gold at the end of, uh, you know, 110 and then 120 is another 5,000 gold or maybe like 500 doubloons or something. Uh, they could, they could easily mm-hmm. add that. And I think that would be a, a good way for players who have been super dedicated to the season pass to really kind of still earn some value in it and not feel like it's just, you know, it's just the 100 levels. Right. Well, certainly I need 
gold for that dark adventure set. So that would be fantastic. <laughs> I want to ask you, Captain Logan, where are you in uh, Renown? Have you gotten to 100? No, I haven't. Actually, that's a really good question because I'm blanking. Because uh, the last time I sailed, I know I got some levels, but I didn't. I didn't pay that much attention to what my, what my actual levels were. So now I feel like I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm kind of stumbling over on when I did actually finish. I know I've still got four weeks to go. And because of that, I'm, I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about where I'm actually going to land. I know I'll, I'll either I'll grind it out on the last, last few days or I'll, I'll hit it eventually. Um, it looks like I'm at 77 which is right about where I was okay. expecting to be. So I don't have a whole lot left as far as uh, actual levels to gain, but I, I am still playing the way I expected to play, which was just super casual about it. Really not trying to force anything. I'm not actively trying to, to complete anything outside of the actual events. Cause I really wanted to see if I was just being a casual player playing through the different events, could I hit 100 comfortably uh, without, without really, really trying to be like, okay, what are these trials? How many things do I got to grind? Where am I going to land at the end of the season or how quick can I get it? I think for season two, I will probably push a little bit harder to get it done sooner just to see what happens post that. And also to kind of worry about it a little bit less. Uh, but mm -hmm. I'm not, I, I, I definitely feel like it's easy enough to achieve without trying too hard just by playing the game very casually. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I've been really impressed with how they balance things out for season one and, uh, hope, hope not much of that pace changes for season two. Yeah. I would like it if uh, players felt like they didn't have to put in as, as much effort as other games tend to require them, especially free-to-play games. I feel like free-to-play games really, really try to push people to, uh, to to work hard to earn that battle pass. Apex, I think, uh, and, and Fortnite are two of the biggest uh, biggest kind of victims in that when people try to, to work through there they're they're always the ones that are having to spend a ton of time grinding through it maybe different for other people that could be really good and and just earn that those levels really quickly but for me it's always been really tough uh sea of thieves i think has been the most forgiving with the season pass and i'm i appreciate the hell yeah. out of that because it, it to me it's the respect of time that is so important. And I think the one thing that has always been kind of on the back of my mind when it comes to this game, because it's so easy to get caught up in this game and not realize that hours have gone by and come out of it and be like, my God, I really did just spend the last four hours just doing a whole bunch of stuff. And it was just supposed, it was just <laughs> supposed to be in and out real quick, you know, like that Rick and Morty yeah. meme. <laughs> yep. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it so far. I'm looking forward to how season two is implemented. Cause I think that's going to, I think that's going to say a lot about how rare expects us to treat the season pass or the planner pass. And if they make it harder, I think they're going to be trying to, to make up for a lot of the, the hardcore people that were really knocking it out in the first couple months. Um, 
if they keep it the same, I think they are really trying to appease the people that are those weekend warriors that jump on during the weekend when they have their sailing buddies and have time to to really sink into a deep, long voyage and, and do it, you know, once or twice a weekend. I think it's important just personally, even though I'm hardcore into Sea of Thieves and got to level 100 pretty fast, I think it's so important to keep that casual player in mind you know the hardcore players they've got the dark adventure set they've got like stuff to you know show off how how cool they are exactly (laughs) they've got that stuff like i i really feel and i hope and i i honestly think that rare will keep it more casual focused so i'm not too worried about that but i think it's a balance right because you have games and genres that get a fan base that suddenly start catering to the hardcore and it becomes something different than the game you enjoyed right to begin with like i used to be a huge fan of um, music games plastic instrument games and (laughs) like dance dance revolution and those fan like hardcore fans kind of shaped the way that the sequels to those games came out and then suddenly they were just tailored towards the hardcore when really those genres became popular with, you know, more casual players and suddenly it just wasn't as fun anymore. (laughs) So I, I hope and think that rare will consider the casual pirate. That's really good uh, insight because I I had never considered that, but yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that I got into rock band was when I went to a party with some friends and they put me in front of it and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then afterwards we played Gears of War 2. And then I was like, okay, I need to get an Xbox because this is really, <laughs> this is really fun. And I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. this. So yeah, I, I hope that they do uh, keep in mind the casual players just for the sake of keeping CFEs fun and lighthearted, uh, but still offering that kind of carrot at the end of the stick for a lot of us huge fans that have been with it for the last three years. Um, I have one question for you that is not entirely related to see these, but it is kind of, uh, I was watching the, the latest episode with, uh, Larry hub and he does the Xbox, uh, podcast. And they were kind of talking about the Xbox wireless headset, which is coming out on the uh, 16th. Uh, I've actually got my pre-order shipping right now. I'm waiting for it from Best Buy and I'm hoping to have a review of it, uh, later on when I actually get it, it says it's going to be on the 18th. I'm hoping it's coming on the 16th. I'm dreading that it's going to be the 18th. But one of the things that he uh, was talking about was constantly, you know, spending time on Sea of Thieves. It always, I always feel like I see it on the, on his dashboard whenever I, I watch his, uh, his podcast and stuff. Do you think he is a, a hardcore Sea of Thieves fan? Like, what do you think are the chances that I'm going to, I would be able to get him on the podcast? To, to talk about Sea of Thieves, because I feel like there's some good stories from him. Well, I hope chances are good. It would be great to hear some stories about what Major Nelson has been doing on the seas. You know, I haven't run into him <laughs> on the seas before. Uh, it would be fun to get some stories from people who have. Like, I think if I was trying to sink a ship and suddenly the gamer tag was major Nelson. I would think twice. I like, I I think that would stop me in my tracks. Honestly, Uh, (laughs) I was thinking the same thing, actually. (laughs) It would be great 
to just see his play style. Like what, what tr- company does he normally align himself with? What voyages does he prefer? Um, who does he normally sail with? Is it Phil Spencer? And what does he play like? Uh, you know, I mean, these are, these are all qu- good questions that I don't think we have answers to that I think only you can deliver to us. Well, hopefully that's the case. And I appreciate you saying that, that I'm the only one that could do it because I, I totally think anyone could ask those questions and get some really good stories out of him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I the more I think about it, the more I'm like, God, you know, I really want to talk to Major Nelson about his voyages on Sea of Thieves and what he's because he's he's been playing the game since alpha. They, he got to test that well before many other yeah. people got a chance to, to, to touch it. So I I'm sure he's just got to have some really fun stories that he's had on the seas. So uh, I'm, I'm going to put this out into the world. If anyone happens to be listening to this and have a, a better direct line to, to major Nelson beyond just like the, the Twitter that I have access to, um, I would love to have him, on the show, I would love for him to jump on and, and chat with me a little bit about his experience with Sea of Thieves and why it seems like it's something that's always so prevalent uh, whenever I, I watch him uh, talk about Xbox in, in any manner. Uh, but aside from that, CJ, there, I know I said there was one question. I lied. There's actually two questions. Um, you started up a new podcast and you've been doing Player One podcast forever since I'm pretty sure Apple created podcasts, you're like, I'm going to make a podcast and player one podcast has been going on forever, but you actually kickstarted another podcast called secondplayer.net. And that's actually your website where you've been looking to so- showcase uh, content creators uh, that don't have as large of audiences as say like major Nelson. Uh, can you, can you share with the folks that listen to this a little bit about what, why you wanted to start this and where they can get it and what your hopes are with it? Sure. Uh, well, secondplayer.net is the website and second player net is the Twitter account. And basically I wanted to try and help fan-made podcasts and YouTube videos uh, get out into the world and find an audience. You know, I think it's so hard when you start a show to find that audience. Like, how do you even do it? I don't know. <laughs> like, I started Player One 14 and a half years ago, and it was completely a completely different landscape then. And I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, um, and I've always loved talk radio and really enjoy video game podcasts. So I figured I would start a project uh, hoping to help people putting together shows. So the website and Twitter account are going, as you mentioned, I started a, a podcast, which is sort of part of a new phase of the project that is catering towards content creators specifically. So the podcast uh, on the podcast, second player I interview content creators about their work. So if they've started a podcast or a YouTube channel, I uh, talk to them about starting that. You know, what was their inspiration? What's their experience of of running the thing and what they've learned through that process? And hopefully others can learn from where every, everyone else has been. Hopefully it can all like make everyone better at uh, at what they're doing. So uh, second player is the name of the podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And in fact, Captain Logan, you are the second guest what? on that show. I am the new episode that hits on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. 
will be an interview with Captain Logan. Me interviewing Captain that, Logan. Yes, that it's sounds true. amazing. I can't wait to hear it. I'm really impressed that you managed to get my uh, my the company that does this podcast, the the algorithm that I send them uh, with the script every week to get them to actually do my voice for your podcast as well. I'll have to check on some logins and make sure that right. my my passwords are reset so this doesn't happen with other podcasts. But I <laughs> no, in all in all seriousness, I really appreciate this. You had Luke Lore, who is the insipid ghost on Twitter, but he is also the host and producer of the Xbox Expansion Pass with which. If people aren't listening to the X- Xbox, ex- <laughs> if you aren't listening to the Xbox expansion pass, you really ought to, because Luke is an amazing dude. He has been in the podcasting scene and interview scene and writing scene for a long time, but he's a teacher, which is really funny because he's so passionate about gaming. Uh, but getting to listen to that first episode with Luke was so insightful to hear his perspective coming at the Xbox expansion pass and him working on creating his own version of an Xbox uh, show. Cause it wasn't even his first Xbox show. He was actually on another show, right. which I'm not going to, I'm not going to give away the whole podcast. Folks should really jump into it. Uh, but that's already out now. Um, like you mentioned, mine's coming out there and, and, I'll, I'll be honest, if folks are listening to this and they wanted to know some like surprisingly personal stuff about me, uh, I, I went into stuff that I, I actually did not expect to go into when we talked, uh, when, when you asked me to do that. So, yeah, it was a really fun interview and very insightful stuff coming from you doing this show about one game for three years. Like, I think it's, uh, a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, podcasters, Thinking about starting a show dedicated to one game have a lot to learn from your experience. I I hope that's a positive. Hopefully they can learn some of the things not to do uh, in in some cases. But yeah, it's just been it's been a real interesting ride. Um, it was a real honor to have you uh, ask me to to join you on that episode, and I look forward to listening to your other guests uh, as you continue to push on that that podcast. Because everyone you you seem to talk to has really interesting stories to tell, and I think you do a really great job of getting those stories out of them, even when they aren't necessarily expecting it. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> and it's interesting. Like I talked to a couple of people coming up that are brand new to podcasting. So it's uh, some really good stuff coming up. Nice to hear that, that that's still feasible. You know, I, I feel like I've been doing it for three years, but I felt like I waited for the right moment and see if these happen to be that right moment. But I, I'm really interested to hear how folks that are, are new to podcasting are approaching it uh, in, in some of like a general way. Just like, how do you make a general gaming podcast and go up against some of the big dogs out there that have been in the game for years, if not decades at this point, and try and find a, an audience out there? So I'm, I'm looking forward to those. Well, that's going to do it, folks. Uh, this episode, as always, has been uh, a real pleasure to bring to you. If you guys want to get a hold of me, uh, you can always check the show notes. I've got all of my socials on there. Um, the Discord is still doing really well, having a really good time having folks sign up for the Sherpa thing. If you're new to Sea of Thieves and learning it, you're getting into Season 1 and want to get the most out of your Plunder Pass, uh, the Discord has been a really great place to have people who, even tonight, just hit Pirate Legend and now have access to all that Dark Adventure stuff. Uh, I'm going to have all of the links to secondplayer.net as well as CJ's Player One podcast. If you guys want to find out more about who he is and what he does, CJ, 
If people want to get a hold of you, where can people get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter. Um, username is superpack. That's S-U-P-E-R-P-A-C. That's the best place. Awesome. You can find him in the Discord. You can always head over to YouTube and search Player One Podcast or SecondPlayer.net. You can always head over to uh, Player One Podcast on Twitter and also look up the Discord server for Player One Podcast to get into their community as well. If you want to get a chance to talk to Greg or Whimsical Phil and all of the weird uh, fecal-based comedy that he brings to the table. And I think with that, Pirates, for, for me, for Chris... Thank you all so much for joining. I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. is a podcast about the very soul of humanity. Join me each week as I explore stories from our history, from our mythologies, about what it means to be human. I'm your host, Tom, and Myth is available on every podcatcher anywhere. And if you're familiar with any of my other work, then you might realize that Myth is like a lore cast, but for humans. Join me each week on Myth. Are you worried you don't have all the answers? Have you ever found yourself in an internet rabbit hole? Call Call Mystery Mystery Time Time Live Live today! It's a new detective business. With plenty of heart. And a questionable track record. We're only in the office for an hour. Every Wednesday. Come hang out. Solve a mystery. It's a podcast. It's a live show. It's a swell time. Subscribe Subscribe now. now! Producers of Mysteries High Life ask kindly not to take any advice or guidance of the host because they have no idea what they are doing. No mystery will actually be fully solved. And that's information by a spontaneous outside source or sheer one. You can find them live on the Twitch app and find their podcast later on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and iTunes. Listening may cause hurtful to your death or loss of sanity. We are sorry. This is probably legally binding and you cannot do it.